0: Hello! Hello!
1: Welcome to Slate Money Travel. I am Felix Salmon of Axios, and you are...
0: I'm Craig Mudd. Thank you. Hello.
1: You are Craig Mudd. Hello, Craig Mudd. You are an international man of mystery, but introduce yourself. Who are you?
0: Oh, I feel like there's no mystery at all. Everything is out there. (laughs) It's all out there. It's embarrassingly out there.
1: Um, You're you're online, you're in books, you're uh, everywhere that... Anything can be found. Exactly. You're on the trail. You're on the street.
0: Exactly. Well, you know, I, I try. I always try to explain myself to people I meet and not have it be complicated. And it's impossible not to have it be complicated. So it all depends <laughs> on who I'm talking to. So I could be a guy who sometimes writes for the New York Times if I want to, like, you know, place myself in the context of a known thing for someone. Um, but mainly what I do is I just I write books and I go on long walks. That's kind of the crux of it. Tell
1: me about the new book.
0: The new book is called Things Become Other Things. Um, actually, the, the structure of the publishing is really unique. I'm doing my own fine art edition. So photos, full color, printed and bound in Japan, super fancy. It's a hundred bucks a book. And in the middle of producing my edition, Random House bought the hardcover trade rights. So this book is, is going to come out in a different form with Random House in spring 2025.
1: So, we'll be talking about walking and Japan and the whole praxis of like traveling on foot, which is possibly the original and still the best way of traveling. It's all coming up on Slate Money Travel. Am I allowed to use the word praxis, or is that just incredibly pretentious? And, you have yeah, to Yeah, it's very it. pretentious. You, no, no, <laughs>
0: you have to. That's the only way to describe what I do. I, in fact, no other word. You're not allowed to use any, any other word. This is a praxis conversation we're going to have. A
1: praxis conversation, Yeah. which, which is to say um, a lot of walking, and mm-hmm. specifically a lot of walking in Japan, or do you walk all over the place?
0: I mean, Japan is just because um, it's... I'm here. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> I've been here for 23 years. I moved here when I was 19 and it's just, this is my home, you know? Um, and so that allows me to engage with it pretty easily to go on these. And Japan has this rich historical history of walking. So Japan, it's, you know, Japanese people have been walking for usually for pilgrimage purposes, which a lot of Europeans used to do as well. You got the Camino in Spain and all that. Um, but Japan has a really rich historical anthropologically interesting history of walking. And so I'm kind of engaging with that as well. But I've, d- I've done walks, big walks in Southern China, uh, Spain, England. I-, I just did the Cotswolds last year and I did the Wayne's right coast to coast this past July, which was really intense. <laughs> it, was, it was a lot. And I ate so many Branston pickles and cheese sandwiches. and It, was, <laughs> it, was, it really changed my life. I- I- I'm importing Branston pickles now into Japan.
1: Ranston pickle is is one of the great foodstuffs of the world. It's so good. It needs to be paired with a nice sharp cheddar. Yes. On a thick cut piece of bread. And it is a magnificent fuel for any any kind of walk.
0: Arguably, it's, it's a perfect walking food. Perfect.
1: Yeah, you, perfect. Can, you can eat it on the go.
0: You can, be, yeah, Should you, you can be so inclined? You can be moving and it's delicious. And the and the sharpness of the cheddar and the kind of funky crunch of the Branston pickle. It's all good. It's all delicious.
1: You you said something interesting. You said that it were like the coast-to-coast walk was pretty intense. Like, I think one of the things that people worry about when they if insofar as people even think about doing long walks, like multi- multi-day walks, um, they generally consider and reject it within the space of about one minute because they think, oh, it's it's just going to be too uncomfortable. It's going to, mm. like, physically uncomfortable. It's just going to be too physically hard for me. I don't think I'm physically capable of, even if I'm physically capable of doing the walk bit, the whole, like, you know... Where am I going to spend the night, and am I going to have a nice shower in the morning? Kind of thing. Like, just they—they don't. The the logistics are too hard. The discomfort is too hard, and then they immediately reject the whole concept.
0: Sure, I can see that.
1: Um, Are they—are they right about that?
0: I mean, to a degree, for sure. You know, (laughs) on the Wayne's right. I mean, we slept in some pubs that were just like, maybe this shouldn't. Be offering rooms anymore in this place. It's like what is happening here. I felt like I was having a stroke in some of them. I mean, just the the stuff they had up on the walls. I mean, it was bizarre. It was totally surreal. Um, but you just have to lean into that. I mean, that's a big a big part of, of travel is you don't know what you're going to get all the time, and sometimes you're going to have a little discomfort. And but you know, it's all outweighed by the incredible people you meet. The nature if that's what you're into the nature that you can experience and and walk through and the villages and all that stuff and the history um i think you know i think if you know if you know what it's about if you really get it once once you get it you you can overlook all the other stuff it's pretty easy
1: how much advanced planning is involved like did you know exactly which pubs you were going to be staying in before you stayed in them
0: oh for sure I'm, i'm like maniacally rigorous about logistics. I don't want to think about anything on the walk, anything that has to do with a lodge or like, you know, where we're eating or none of that. I just want to be focused completely on the walk and what's around me and who I'm meeting. Um, you know, cause a lot of these walks that I do are for books, you know, so I'm like, I'm photographing, I'm interviewing people and I want to be totally present, like radically present for the walk. And, uh, and if I'm thinking about where am I going to stay that night, am I going to get there in time, or do they have rooms, or blah, 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 that gets in the way. So when I do my big Japan walks, you know, I've done walks, 40-day walks before, and I'll spend a week. It t- Really, it takes like a week of logistics planning to get all the hotels set. You know, a lot, a lot of these inns I'm staying at don't have websites. They, don't, they only accept reservations by fax you know or phone call (laughs) i love that
1: the japanese still (laughs) it's the last country in the world that is still based on fax it's It's a a good technology
0: technology. it's a fine technology we we need we need to get the pneumatic tubes back and everyone should have a fax (laughs) machine and the world would be way more interesting but so like i'll spend a week truly like calling and you know one in will be available on this night but not on that night and shifting things around and calling people back and there's a certain kind of cultural rigor required as well where you have to be kind of gracious and you're, you know, there's a way to talk and a certain Japanese to use. And um, I don't mind that part of it, but I don't want to be doing any of it while I'm in the walk. When the walk starts, I just want to be present. So I have spreadsheets. I have these mega spreadsheets of my walks of like distance, where we're staying, you know, uh, what meals are included, you know, like that. uh, Here's the Google Maps link, blah, blah. It's all in there before I take my first step.
1: The cost of that, presumably is a certain degree of spontaneity you can't just suddenly go oh my god i love this place i want to stay here another three days
0: well you just come back
1: You (laughs) You back. (laughs) you just come
0: back it's like it's not like it's not like this is your only chance in life to ever go to this one time it's like you just go back so like you know i collect along the way you know um cities and villages and stuff that i want to go return to and then i just i go back and i'll spend three or four nights there and that works as well
1: when people, when when I think about someone who's famous for like doing walks, the first name that springs into my mind is Richard Long, the English artist. Sure. Who would, um, along with this other guy called Hamish Fulton, who I think was Scottish, um, would would just kind of document walks often in a very simple way, like this many miles, this many days. And it did strike me when I first encountered these walks and some of the more sculptural things are fantastic. But one of the things that came that struck me was that the sheer miles per day part of it was quite macho that he would do like Mm. a lot of miles in one Mm. day. Is there, what's your like ideal for that?
0: Yeah. I mean, and having done way too many, way too many macho mild days by accident, <laughs> often by accident because I've like miscalculated or something, um, or because there's no ins and like I refuse to take assist, I refuse to be assisted by transportation. So I'm like, I have to walk to the next town no matter what. Um, the ideal for me is probably 15 to 20 kilometers a day, I think is that's long enough where you feel like you're using your body. It also depends on how many days you're talking about. So if you're doing like- yeah if you're doing a week, you can kind of push it. You can do like 30 K days and they they kind of hurt, but like you can do it. If you're doing a month of walking, I think 15 to 20 is great. Um, because you never feel like you're going over the the edge. Once you're at 25, once you're at 30 K, you're kind of ready to get to the end for the night. You're kind of like ready to be done, but 15 to 20, you can kind of go at a nice pace. You can stop along the way. You can engage with people, which is for me, all the whole point of doing it. Um, you can go do little detours into interesting museums or parks or cafes or restaurants. You can linger for a little bit longer, talk to someone for a little bit longer, be invited into homes, have coffees, whatever. Anything can kind of happen. So that spontaneity uh, is enabled by the slightly shorter day. Um, and so for me, 20K is is usually what I aim for on my walks now. Um, and sometimes you hit it and sometimes you don't.
1: Yeah. How heavy is this pack that you're carrying?
0: Uh, I mean, a lot of, a lot of the walking I do is hotel to hotel, in to in, hotel to hotel, mm-hmm. you know, it can be, or sometimes like, you know, local bed and breakfast to local bed and breakfast or whatever. Um, and so when you're doing that, you don't have to carry a tent, you don't have to carry food. Um, maybe you just carry lunch for the next day or something like that. Um, so it can be really light, you know, that your, your pack can be. <laughs> I only no kilograms.
1: Say kilograms, that's fine.
0: <laughs> basically like, you know, 10 kilograms. And I'm carrying a, a laptop, a camera, at least one camera, often two cameras. Uh, I just did a, a six-day walk through Tokyo. I walked from Disneyland, which is right out over the edge of Tokyo City. So it's of all the prefectures in Japan, Tokyo is the only one that's a toe. It's not a prefecture. And so it's a city unit and Chiba prefecture is right next to it. And Disneyland is right there. And it's the most man-made thing I could find that was just over the edge of the, of the, the Tokyo city limit. And so I, I spent a night in Disneyland and then the next day I set off and I walked all the way across Tokyo, six days, 150 kilometers. And I finished just two nights ago at the top of the highest point in Tokyo which is the top of this mountain called Kumotori Mountain. And it's 2,012 meters high. So it's pretty high. It's, you know, it's a, it's a pretty serious mountain. And uh, it's right there that Yamanashi Prefecture, Saitama Prefecture, and Tokyo all connect at, the, at this mountain peak. Um, and so for that one, uh, because, you know, I was staying at inns and I knew I'd have laundry and stuff, you know, your pack can be really simple. I just had two T-shirts, two pairs of undies, two pairs of socks, basically, that was it. Laptop couple of cameras and for normal people who aren't doing what I'm doing on my walks you don't need the cameras in the laptop so you can have almost like a day pack you can get away with and then just do laundry quick laundry every night and if you're if you're using merino wool t-shirts and underwear and socks it all dries instantly you just have to hang it up somewhere in the room and it'll be dry by morning for sure so all that stuff's pretty easy logistically you don't need much. So when I see people traveling around with these giant suitcases, I'm just like, what are you doing? What is, what's, what's in that suitcase?
1: We'll have a quick ad break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about boredom and meeting people and conversations.
2: Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply.
0: Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code POD. That's ShipStation.com with the code POD.
1: That fascinates me because I think, again, most of the the popular conception of long multi-day walks is out in... Natural scenery what like walking through a city seems weirdly unnatural. like why would you need to walk from place to place like if you want to do, go on a long walk in a city, you can do it and then you can just hop in an Uber and go back to where you started. so what yeah. tell me about this this idea of walking through a city and what and what makes that interesting?
0: well, this is this is the third formal big Tokyo walk I've done in the first two, I stayed at one hotel and just kind of like spokes on a wheel. I kind of like went out every day in a different direction and, and sort of had different themes to the walks and always came back to the hotel at night. Um, but this one, I wanted to feel the gradients of the city because Tokyo is Tokyo To, which is the the city unit. The prefectural unit is really elongated East to West. If you look at it, it's super long. So it's 150 K if you kind of walk from the, from the furthest East point to the furthest, furthest West point. And I just wanted to feel the gradients of the city shifting from the eastern kind of, you know, blue collar sort of industrial pieces, parts of it into the center of the city, walking around the Imperial Palace, staying at, you know, kind of a central hotel near in the university district, going further west out into the suburbs, seeing how the suburbs shifted into farmland. And then finally, you end up in this incredibly rich forest mountain area, right at the, the western sort of edge of the city. And to kind of experience that I think the linearity of it is really critical. Um, Whereas if I was kept taking trains back to the center of the city every night, it probably wouldn't have been um, as interesting experience. And logistically, when you get that far west, it takes two hours to get back to the center of Tokyo. So it wasn't really a a, a sort of logistically possible thing either. That would have been pretty painful.
1: Which does open up the opportunity for American walks, which are, you know, for reasons of suburbia, just just like much less... It's much harder to do the kind of walk that you're talking about in the US, I think. I mean, there are bits of New England where it can be done. Um, but like, yeah, in principle, there's no reason why someone can walk across Los Angeles.
0: True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but America like the walk I just did in Tokyo, I kind of cobbled together, but a lot of the ones I do are, are on historical routes. So they are, they're, they're walks that were done historically between Kyoto and Tokyo or around the key peninsula, um, or in other parts of Japan. And so there, there's kind of a historical infrastructure of supporting walking that you can lean on. And I lead walks with, uh, Kevin Kelly, Kevin Kelly, the, one of the co-founders of wired, really interesting guy. He just turned 73, I think this year. Um, he, uh, he and I lead these walks in different places around the world, and we invite 10 people, artists and scholars and academics and, and musicians and stuff like that, and we do uh, Jeffersonian walks for a week. So we come up with a theme. Every day there's a theme. Someone proposes a new theme every day. We do the walk, usually, again, 15 to 20 kilometers a day, uh, and then at night we have a Jeffersonian dinner where it's that topic, single topic for the dinner only one person is allowed to speak at, at once. We all have to be present, one single conversation. And those are truly incredible. I mean, really wonderful, wonderful uh, experiences that are built on basically using the walk as a platform. And we've tried to, f- to do them in America. And there just isn't the historical walking infrastructure available to do it. Like we've really, we've looked and we're like, oh, it'd be great to do one of these in America. America, the the walks in America that are famous long walks are obviously Appalachian Trail, Pacific Coast Trail, things like that, like huge nature walks where you're kind of unsupported, you're carrying all your food, you've got tents. Maybe you break off every now and then to go into a town to like restock and then you go back to the woods. Um, Those kinds of walks actually aren't that compelling to me. For me, it's the anthropology of the cities, of the villages. Um, you know, the Tokyo one was a little funky, but normally I'm going from tiny village to tiny village out in the middle of nowhere in the countryside and engaging with whatever industry might be there. So it could be lumber related stuff. I'm talking to lumberjacks, talking to fishermen, uh, talking to old textile workers. Um, stuff like that to me is what really feels like the richness, where the richness of the walks come through for me. And then the physicality of it adds another layer of, there's just, there's just an incredible amount of satisfaction of having walked 20 kilometers in a day and having gone from A to B. It just feels good. I think we're programmed to feel good when we do that. And so it's kind of a high you get from the physical and then the anthropological and the conversations are like an added layer of richness. So I love that.
1: Walking does lend itself to conversations. It's one of the ways you can have the most interesting conversations. And especially if it's a long walk, they can be very long, they can be deep. They can, yeah. um, that presumably is a central part of, of how these things work. Do you normally have an interlocutor on your walks or are they mostly solo?
0: I try to do most of my walks solo simply to have the conversation with myself. <laughs> it's like, <I'm> just, <laughs> so I, have, I have these rules with my walks where I'm not allowed to listen to podcasts, not allowed to listen to music. I actually block all social media and all news on my phones and devices when I'm doing these walks because the point is to be so present that you're so bored and you're kind of getting to these breaking points of boredom um, where you find yourself clicking to another level of attentiveness. And that to me is what's really kind of fun. There's, this, there's almost like an aesthetic component to it um, where... You're so bored that you're desperate for stimulation. So you're more willing to reach out and talk to people and just give me, like, give me a story, give me anything. I'm like, I, you know, normally I'd be scrolling through New York Times or looking at Washington Post or whatever. Um, Like, give me something. And so there's something exciting about that, about forcing yourself to be present. And so I do most of my walks like that. And it's from those walks that my books come and a lot of the other writing and, and photography I do comes. But the walks I do, like with Kevin Kelly, where we do have these groups, um, like you say, they are the perfect catalyst for deep conversations. And you, you by day three or four, you feel so intimately connected with the group, and you're doing this thing in tandem together. Um, and you're, you know, by the end, you've walked hundred kilometers, one hundred and twenty kilometers together, and that feels like a, an accomplishment. And actually, if you go to the Camino, I, I, we one of the walks that Kevin and I did was part of the Camino de Santiago. And the thing you realize is you're doing this. Wild thing. I thought it was going to be, I thought the Camino was going to be a little bit too touristy and maybe not interesting. But the fact of the matter is you were doing this rigorous kind of nutty physical thing with thousands of other people. And by the time you get to Santiago, you're so high. Like Santiago is one of the most bizarre, surreal cities I've ever been to because everyone who's there had just finished this wild Mega walk. And so you're all kind of like the dopamine's popping off, and you're just, you're all in such a good mood. It was really magical, really wonderful. So I think that's, you know, what a walk does best when when you're with others.
1: After some quick ads, we're going to talk about how you too can become an international walker. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully, it ends up in your hands. Built an existence around these walks, <laughs> um, which is amazing. And I love that it's possible to do that. For those of us who haven't, or, you know, for whatever reasons, couldn't, what would you recommend for someone who's like, you know what, I can take a week or two off and I want to do a walk somewhere? Like, where would you start and like, obviously, with all travel, the anticipation is part of it. So that whole, you know, logistics thing that you were talking about earlier about, like, spending a lot of time really working out where you're going to sleep, where you're going to eat. Um, do you have any top tips for, like, where people should go? Presumably, you're just going to say Japan, right?
0: <laughs> I mean, Japan. England is great. I mean, England, England is England, great. England col- walking culture is incredible. I mean, what what I would say is, like, look, the walks I'm doing – Are my own weird walks that no one else does. And so I have to do all the logistics myself. But for most normal, well established walks in the world, there are many, many companies that will book all the hotels that will will forward your luggage for you. So you don't have to carry anything but a day pack and you don't have to worry about like being minimalist or whatever. And so, England, all over England, there are walks that, you know, there are companies that will handle that for you and set it up. If you say you've got 10 days, they'll give you a 10 day walk. If you've got two weeks, you'll get a two week walk ireland scotland uh japan there's a company called walk japan that specializes this is all they do and they have incredible numbers of people every year coming through i mean just bonkers like the the in fact the infrastructure doesn't can't it doesn't exist to support the number of people that want to do these walks there's just like physically not enough hotel rooms compared to the number of people who want to come and do these walks so a lot of these routes are booked out years in advance if you try to walk the kumano kodo now during the peak season, which is like spring and fall, um, it can be really difficult to get a room, you know, a year out. It's, it's kind of shocking. So I would oh, say... You say
1: now. I'm, I'm, <laughs> that, that now is really... Is this because it has become more popular in recent years?
0: I think, well, in Japan, Japan in general has just gotten more popular. Like 10 years ago, something happened. I moved to Japan in 2000. And I didn't realize it at that time, but I moved to Japan during, like, the dark ages of tourism. Like, Japan had fallen off the map. The economic bubble had, had burst in the early 90s. And, like, Japan just disappeared. It wasn't on the radar. And when I think back to how few tourists there were and how, how easy it was to go and see anything or to go into anywhere, um, the access was incredible. Compared to now, it's shocking. But if you look at the tourism graphs, they're pretty flat until about 2010, 2011. And then there was this thing that started to happen, kind of a th- big part of it is the economic redistribution. So like China coming online economically, uh, as a nation and being able to travel, being able to do leisure travel and being so close to Japan. Korea becoming more economically strong. Thailand, Vietnam, all these Southeast Asian countries basically just doing better, having a, having more of a middle class. And Japan being this kind of interesting destination that's on their doorstep. Um, you just saw this massive influx begin in the early 2010s. And um, in 2019, it was sort of hitting this fever pitch. And then COVID came and then Japan went into total lockdown mode. And we were suddenly back to 2000, and it was kind of shocking. And it made, this is what really made you realize how special um, it, it Japan had been back then, because it just simplified everything. And so I did a bunch of mega walks, huge walks during COVID. <laughs> I just I put a on and just went out, and I'd leave for you know two months or whatever. Um, and it was I'd be the only person in, in an entire hotel, you know, and <laughs> it was it was very surreal. But since last year, when they reopened borders. Um this year has been one of the biggest tourism years in Japan's history it, and it's only getting it's only growing. So the interest is just through the roof and the weak yen now makes it extremely affordable to come here. Um if you can come in the next next couple of months you should.
1: I was just talking to a friend of mine who just got back from Japan and he was raving about how cheap everything was. And I've never heard anyone just like talk well, about the, Japan. It's the, like a bargain destination before. It's
0: always been, it's always been a bargain. This has been the great secret <laughs> of Japan. This is why I lived here and stayed here in my twenties because I was like, wow, I can live in central Tokyo. My rent is $600 a month. And all I, literally all I had to make was $15,000 a year to cover all of my expenses. And then everything on top of that was for me to to work on books that wouldn't make money or art projects that didn't make money. It was like it was just wild. I was looking at my friends in New York and San Francisco and what they had to pay in terms of fixed costs, and I was like, "That's that doesn't make any sense." I'm going to stay here. I'm going to do. I'm going to use Tokyo as my as my kind of like uh, you know uh, sort of gestation ground for the art I want to do in the world. But it's always been cheap, and it's still pretty cheap. But now with 150 yen to the dollar, it is bizarre. I mean, it's just weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like I, you know, I check out and I I have American credit cards still, you know, because they have better point systems than the Japanese credit cards. And, you know, I see it pops up on my phone in, in dollars when I when I you know ring something through on the register. And just the real time dissonance between kind of what it feels like to be paying in yen versus what it really is hitting your bank account is it's very surreal. And last year when it was 135, you know, this is like 15 months ago. I thought, oh God, it's not going to go any higher than this, and we're at 151 now. So anyway, come soon if you want. If you want to read, this. I, I,
1: I'll be. I'm booking my ticket right now as we <laughs> yeah. speak. Um, and yeah, and it can be luxury. There, there, really are like glamping versions of this. You can, sure, if you if you want to go out and stay in like really comfy places every night. There are ways to do that, even in England. I think maybe not in England.
0: It's tricky. I mean, definitely on the Wayne, the Wayne's right walk, I just did. There were, there was definitely no options. for some of these. I mean, we stay in England. I mean, like, you I know, mean, if now is the right
1: time to go to Japan, I can tell you it's the wrong time to go to England. Nothing good is happening. In
0: England yeah. right I mean, I, I had an incredible experience. I love, I love England. I love British people. So for me, it was, it was a blast, but, um, but, yeah, Japan is like if you could get over here if you can find a good plane ticket deal, that's the problem is plane tickets are so expensive now. If you can find a good deal on a plane ticket and uh you know you can you can get the hotel rooms booked, come and do it. I mean, it's it's really incredible. and then and just to just feel the safety, the lack of violence. there's just no violence. You don't feel any aggression. There's no even like when people are pretty drunk in England, you know, walking across England oh my you God. definitely. You definitely feel a little like a lingering violence, you know, connected with the alcohol and everything. You're kind of like, well, there could be a bar fight here. Um, But you just kind of don't have that. Certainly not on these walks in Japan. There's something nice about feeling that, that peacefulness.
1: Craig Maud, thank you so much for coming on Slate Money. This has been absolutely fantastic. And I am literally booking my ticket to Japan (laughs) as we speak. I'm so coming. It's so happening.
0: Let's do a walk. Come on out.
1: Let's do it. Fantastic.